Virgin Machine. New Gadget. <laughs> oh, recording. We're hardly know each night where we're going to be at. That's the, I think that's about the third move in the last four nights. <laughs> we got another move, I think, tomorrow night. <laughs> that's what makes it awfully bad. It's kind of shifting around from place to place. And you know, hardly, it's just like a new place every night. And it makes it very hard. I trust that sometimes when I come back again to open, well, maybe we can get something like the auditorium here for a week or two. That's right. That's when we can have a real revival and a real meeting. Don't you believe that? Yes. Yeah. I believe we should do it. But our schedule has been so irregular. Well, I would say this. We're just a night or two here and then a hundred miles farther. Just about the time we get the thing that people settle down to where they can begin to see the supernatural moving of God, then if they break up the meeting, go somewhere else two, three, four hundred miles farther and start again. And just when the people are becoming into the revival stage where they can be healed and many things can be done. So I think after I get back now from Canada, well, before we go to Mexico or anywhere, I think we'll just make the revival places stay about a month at a time in a place or something like that so we can just really get the people when they can stay long enough for some of the people at Stray Park will be, begin to come in reports coming in getting well getting well like that and testimonies going like in my own hometown in Jeffersonville, Indiana watch nothing there might just see you come into town hundreds of people flock from everywhere because they have they are you're settled down to one place you're not on the move like this and then, friends, this is it's about six months I've been going day and night almost. Today I had a wonderful day alone with God. No one was there but just the Lord and I. And I get myself most settled down when I get alone. Now I've got five more meetings before I have any rest coming up. Five more meetings. And then in the month of May, I'm going to take a complete move going up into the Rocky Mountains for my alone, there you can look like, you know, I like to be alone with God, that's the way to, that I find him so dear to me. And then coming back then to start into Canada. Now, we do not have much time, what time do we close off for? 7 o'clock? 11 o'clock, I think, is, is the closing of the auditorium. So, I wish to speak to you tonight just for... Just take a little bit of time and teach the word of faith, and that you might know how to approach God. There's many of these great deep subjects that people claim that they know much about. When it comes down to the final showdown, they know very little of it. Now that's true, and we're going to find out a few of those things tonight. And by the way. Day after tomorrow night at the other auditorium, um, to give a little sketch from a life story. That is if you'd like to hear. Would you like to hear it? Let's see your hand. That's just fine. Have you announced where the auditorium is? Reasonable idea. Because I want you to be here. That's what I'm here for. Uh, this is a great sacrifice for me to be here, friends. I have a home, a family. And I'm new, I'm just a, a baby in the work, just, just a few months since the gift of healing came to me. 
I don't have, I don't own my home, I just live in two rooms in a little L cottage. My wife packs water for somewhat, almost a half a city block, packs it back out of the house again. I've been offered wonderful homes in different cities where they tell me I'll build you a home worth $5,000, just give it to you. And friend, it isn't money with me. I, I'm, I wish I never even had to think about it. And that's the reason that many of you send or offer me your gifts. I, I don't take them. Because it's not your, your finance. I want your confidence. I'm here for your healing. As I stand about the little home, wife and two children, I would, I'd love to be with you tonight. Just about now, it's 11 o'clock. That faithful little one's on her knees praying for me now. She knows it's just that time starting the service. Lovely old mother, she's praying for me. The little boy, his mother died when he was just three years old, he's praying for me. Now when I come into the pulpit, I just feel that their prayers will be answered. And I know he's near. You know how I'd like to see him tonight when I left him at the plane coming? A few months ago, they were holding onto my coat and crying. The doctor in my church told me I wouldn't live but about a year longer, said at the rate I was going, I would drop some night in a heart attack in the pulpit, and the little boy's afraid of that, so he just crying and saying, Daddy, don't go. But there's something called out to the sick and suffering. Friends, I can only help you if you believe me. That's the only way I can ever do anything for you. And I would love to be there tonight. You don't know how I would like. Many of you know what it is to be away from home, don't you? Uh, it's, just, it's just a little shack, but it doesn't take a big house to make a home. It's the character on the inside that makes a home. And I'm thankful for a home. <laughs> so God bless you. And you pray for me, I'll tell you more about it day after tomorrow night. And now tonight, friends, if you will, keep the little fellow just as patient as you can, and you be the same. And give me your undivided attention just for a few moments. And I'll try to explain to you the best of my knowledge, the reason I'm here tonight, and how that you must approach God to receive your healing. I've suffered much, and I know what it is to be sick, and I... I want to help you, and I can if you'll just believe. I wish to take this opportunity just now. I have so many things on my mind, and tired and weary, but I want to thank the minister, I just forget his name, of who has had his auditorium tonight, I think, giveaway service. Reverend Jack Walker. He's the audience, Brother Walker. May God bless you, my brother, you and your father. We're so thankful for this, another opportunity tonight to stand before your lovely people, to speak to them concerning the day and the hour that we're living. Just before the coming of our beloved Son to take away a church, a called out people that's blood washed, born the second time and ready to go meet a holy God, a way bridge for them by the blood of the holy Christ of God. Bless us tonight together as we wait for thy divine presence. And may the angel that thou didst send into the room that night to speak to thy servant, 
and the reason of being here tonight. May stand on the pulpit of thy humble servant tonight and confirm every word that spoke. And may great times and wonders follow. Bless the minister, Father, Brother Walker, who gave us the auditorium tonight. He and his, may they be blessed, making successful in our ministry a fruitful branch, and may you have many trophies to lay at your feet at that great day. Bless the minister that sponsored this program here in the city, Brother Mars, all the other ministers, the co-workers, all oh, God, may their churches be flames of fire, testimonies for the glory of God in this last evil days that we're living in the shadows just before the coming of the just one. All speak tonight, Father, in a great way to the people, and may there be faith, and may the Holy Spirit shoot wings across this auditorium tonight. May virtue come in such a way that many, many great miraculous healings may be done, that his fame may be spread forth in all the regions up and down this western coast of this hemisphere. Or we ask it in his name and for his glory. Amen. Our friends, as I say, we're shifted about so many times. I guess many of you here never even hear how the gift of divine healing comes. But all the thing I want you to do tonight is to believe me. If you will believe, you shall see God's glory, I'm sure. The success has not been as I hoped it would be in the last few nights, though. Crippled, affliction, death, dumb, lame. But it's very slow, it seems to be, since we've hit the West Coast. Brother Charles Fuller was speaking to me when I was down at Long Beach, and he told me, he said, Brother Branham, said, the reason said this West Coast chair has everything under the name of divine healing. Said they have booth flame worshipers, Father Divine worship, and everything under the name of divine healing. Said it's such a common box. Well, that, that may be so, friends, I do not know, but that does not counteract God's power to heal and the healer divine. And now, no man can do a miracle in his name that can speak light of him. That's what he said. So, if anybody is getting people healed, I'm thankful for it. But I truly believe with all my heart, as we go into the subject tonight, as to maybe, if God will just help us, that you'll get the vision and see what really the day and time that we're living. And then you'll see and believe. May God help us as I read some of the scriptures now. Over in the book of Hebrews, 11th chapter, we will begin and read the first three verses. Listen very closely, because my words are just the words of a mortal. They will fail, but God's word will never fail. It's always true. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the world is framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice and Cain, by which he obtained the witness he was righteous, God testifying of his gift. 
and by being dead, just faith.
And friends, when you pass by, I know they haven't enough faith to cure toothache. That's right. And some of them come to you with cancer and say, I have faith to be healed. They do not have faith. The scripture lesson tonight said, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, it's the substance. It's something direct. Something that you really have. Not something that you imagine. Something that you think you have. But it's some direct, positive act that you have. You see what I mean? Now, here not long ago, I'll give you a little story of someone who came so you can see what faith is. Faith is a gift of itself. You may have a portion of it. But there is a gift of faith. It's like some of you people know to sit to pray for them, and you have a result. That isn't a gift of healing. That is a portion of faith. That isn't a direct gift of healing. Well, there's only one direct gift of healing. There's only one direct gift of faith. There's only one direct gift of, of miracles and so forth. There was in the Scripture. The apostles had it. Many, they'd done many mighty works of Philip and all of them. There was one gift of healing. Like when we leave the city, as many people say, I've been listening some places after the rest of them, maybe 15 or 20, say, the Lord gave me the gift of healing. Well, God bless their hearts. Some of them say, Brother Bram, will you lay your hands upon me that I get the gift of healing? I wish I could. I have every one of you pass right down this line here tonight, and I'll say there wouldn't be a sick person left in Oakland in a few weeks from now. That's right, but it's not mine to give. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's take that part of the scripture the substance of things hoped for. There's three things, hope, charity, and faith. Is that right? Now, hope is one element, faith is another element, and charity is another element. Charity is love. I've seen many people come by lovely people, real Christians, but didn't have enough faith to be healed, and some sinner passed on and had the faith to be healed. See? It's another element altogether. It's not how well you serve God. It's uh, an element that you possess yourself. Now, I want you to see this because it's for your benefit. Here, a few weeks ago, a few months ago it was, I was home for just a few nights. And my, there's about 300 people had gathered in their home and around the yards that day. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, the wife got me into bed. And while I was just laying across the bed, my, my legs were cramping and hurting. I was laying down there and I heard a machine drive up out front. And I said, oh my, there's someone coming. And she said, well, listen, I'll go at the door. And while she was on her road to the door, I went to sleep. And I could hear someone saying, well, the baby has been sick for a long time. The little baby was crying till it didn't even sound like it was human. Something like you that's reading my little book, A Heavenly Vision. How many really do the audience let's see? Uh, heavenly Vision, you see, something on that order, the little bitty fellow, it was about 18 weeks old, and it was, it never stopped crying. And the mother said, well, uh, uh, we've traveled all day and all night to get here. Have we seen where Brother Bram was to be home, and he brought the baby. My poor little thing, I couldn't sleep. And I went out there and prayed for the little baby, and I sat down, and there in a chair just a moment was talking to the mother. They came from Lloyd, Northern Ohio. And while we were sitting there, friends, the little fellow ceased to cry. He'd been crying day and night now. Oh, that's worth more to me than all the money of the world. And there, I looked over and the mother started crying, great big tears dripping off on the little blanket. 
Oh, old dad sitting there in the pair of overhauls on, probably spent a good portion of his living to come. Come over and put his arm around him. So I love you, Brother Branham. Not one of the best hearts that ever beats under an old blue shirt. That's right. It ain't the way you dress, it's what's on the inside of you. That's right. And there, I knew he meant that. That wasn't hypocrisy. He meant that from his heart. He loved me. And I looked at the little baby, and the mother uh, went in the other room. She was, uh, he was smiling at it. That's worth every bit of it, isn't it? That's fine. That's worth all of it. And then they said, my wife said, well, I'll take some coffee or something for you, uh, if you wish. And they said, well, we'll just wait a little while. And wife said, well, now, I'll tell you what. I said, I'll lay down here in this chair, and you let the mother and them go to bed and sleep for a little bit. And so we put them in bed, and I was sitting in a chair to try to rest the daylight. And just then, another car drove up. And a young man came up to the door and he said, Brother Branham? I said, yes, I was trying to get awake. He said, I know you're very sleepy. He said, yes, sir. He told me, he said, I'm from Marino, Indiana. He said, my little sister is dying with appendicitis. She should be operated this morning. So we you come here? Well. And in my old jalopy Ford, waiting for me over at Houston, all the side of it beat out with my knees, where I'd hit my knees like that, trying to stay awake while I was going great for the sick people. I've left one meeting room to the other and you get out into the field with my hand out the door of the car saying, God bless you. God bless you. Sound asleep. I never will forget one day coming from Houston. I, there was, I hear a car blowing and I knew I was on the wrong side of the road only couldn't get away. You see, I'd sat there 15 days and nights praying for the sick people and see wonderful things. But oh my friends, if my life will be short, maybe somebody else can stay because of my going. And, this man said, a young fellow, he said, my little sister, he told me he belonged to the church. I will not call the name here because it's not expedient, and I don't criticize anybody's religion. And anyhow, this church is my arch enemy. They claim that there's no such a thing as divine healing and so forth. And I was at my church, the Milltown Baptist Church, where I went to hold a revival. Many of you have seen in the little book called Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever. A little girl in there weighed 47 pounds, 27 years old, weighed 47 pounds, by the name of Georgie Carter, with two burglars, and she belonged to this same church, and she said, the people through the neighborhood said, let, she'd been laying on her back now for nine years and six months, and said, let her get well, and we'll believe it. But my friend, she's my piano player in the New Home Baptist Church tonight. But do they believe? No. Even one raised from the dead, they don't believe it. Not only a man that laid in the morgue, pronounced dead by three doctors, and I went into where he was at. He's driving a Pennsylvania locomotive tonight, and still they don't believe. That's true. That is true. They won't believe. An hour is sure where people's eyes are so blinded with the tears of the world and the other tears so they don't even see God. He's right in their midst many times and they pass by like it was in the days of Christ, and they miss being. And now this lady, or this man, rather, he said, will you go? I said, yes. He said, maybe I'd better take it. I said, no, I'll try to stay awake. And the wife started crying. She said, now, honey, you'll fall asleep somewhere. I said, no, I'll be all right, sweetheart. And I got in the old car and started trailing down. I said, I'll walk in. Going down, I was kissing my black my fingers. I'd sit and wipe my eyes and everything else, trying to keep awake. I know that sounds very unsanitary, but uh, I was doing anything to try to get to the child. And we drove about eight miles through an old road way up into the little district, and there lay a young girl, something about eight, 17 or 18 years old, and 
she was lying there in a terrible condition. When I walked into the room, she was real nervous, and she said, Oh, for you, Brother Branham? She said, I said, Do you believe, sister? She said, Oh, yes, I believe, but I, I believe, but I don't care what my church says. She belonged to the same church that this Georgie Carter did. But I don't care what my church says. I believe, I believe. And so they, the man and the father come, met me, and shut my hand, and he took me around to the bed. He said, Sir, she's going to be operated on this morning. And said, she was afraid she didn't make the trip. Said, we got to take her all the way to New Orleans, Indiana. That's about nearly 40 miles to the first hospital. And she had about eight miles to rural, just old, not just a fence rural coming down like that, where wagons would travel almost to come down. And well, uh, I assisted and helped in operations. And, and it was, I knew that that child could not go in the hospital. She would die before she got there. There may be medical doctors sitting present now. Usually there is doctors come to listen on the service. And her side has fallen up and is turning red. The appendix were ruptured and were ready to burst at any time. Now, many times I went in with Dr. Adair, a doctor of our city, the one who comes to my church, and we had the operation and cut the incision open and one that burst on the table and, and sometimes take the bowels out and spray them off and wash them out to keep them from paranoia setting in and cut it kind of a V-shape and put a tube in there to drain. Sometimes they get well. But that child could, that pennies would have bursted and she'd have had 30 miles or more yet to drive and she would have died before she got there. Now, friends, the girl was looking to me and she said, Oh, Brother Branham, do you think I'll live? And I said, I believe you will. But she, I said, now, do you believe? She said, oh, yes, yes, I believe. Sure, I don't care what my church says. I, I believe. Georgie Carter got well, but I'll get well, too. I'm sure of the operation. See, just like that, some of the neighbors would get it in. Now, look, here's where I want to get to you people now on this. The girl thought she believed, just like many of you come down this line. You think you believe, but she did not believe. Now, many of you have female trouble and maybe something or another that... Uh, maybe an ulcered stomach, and you, you have to take your, you can have a little time. But that girl, that had to be emergency. Her life was at stake. Something had to be done. So I said, sister, I do not mean to hurt your feelings, but you, you do not believe. Now, it's just like the brother says here, when you have your head up, no matter where you are in the building, I don't say this, friends. Remember, I'm telling you, this just for your good. It's not I, but God. I know when you got your head up. I feel it. You where you're behind me, where you are, like one last night sitting with her head up behind me. I knew it all the time. And so that's between God and the individual, you see. I can't help that. They hinder the people. Many times things are hindered. So then this girl, she said, oh, I believe, I believe, Brother Branham. Well, she thought she believed. Now look, she had hope. But faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see what I mean? Now, I said, Sister, in ordinary case, I said, I could have a little time and let you have time. Maybe to take about that much sleep and go out with it. But you've got to have immediate attention right now. For I'm going to be honest with you, you will not live to see the hospital. Now, the parents didn't appreciate that very much at that time. But I'd rather be honest with you, let you know the truth. Wouldn't you rather I be honest with you? And remember, friends, 
I'm not wrestling with flesh and blood and spiritual power. I must be honest before Almighty God. See? And because I realize the danger in my own life. Not only mine, but yours. And so she said she would, she believed, but she did not. Well, I said, now, look, now I want you to notice this. And I want you to be real careful now and take up every word so you can divide it of a little something that God permitted there. And I, I'll see if you've got faith. I said, sister, you do not have